Welcome back, After Buzzers. We're here tonight to discuss Season 2, Episode 5 of The Shy, Feeling the Heat. All right, we're talking Brandon and Emmett. We're talking a little bit of Ronnie. We're talking Kevin and Keisha, all that and more, because we got to get some doodle and some common. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Come back, you guys, because that's coming up for you next. You're tuned in to AfterBuzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, let the buzz Loving the music. (laughs) (laughs) And the dance moves. (laughs) What's up, party people? I am your host, Erica Edwards, but I couldn't do it without my crew. So I will introduce the amazing and lovely Lauren. Hello. What's up, guys? (laughs) And, you know, Chef Beans, no gas for us tonight. You love it, Chef Beans. Yes, the beans, the beans. All right, so tonight's episode, Feeling the Heat. Um, overall, I felt there was there was somewhat of a lightness to the episode, and Shy in the Summer is always amazing and always a great time, so it was fun to see. Uh, so I loved it. But what were your, you know, what did you guys think overall of this episode? I really enjoyed the episode. Like you said, it was very light, but... There was also a lot of comedy in it, but serious right. things happened. I felt like a lot of gears shifted in this episode. Yeah, I would have to agree. I like it, too. I like that it wasn't so much sadness and that we did get a lot of laughter in it. Um, but we also got to figure out some big bosses making big moves in this game. So I liked that, too. Exactly. We just keep getting more information. Yeah, exactly. They're giving us little nuggets, and it's interesting how it's sort of playing out. So let's start off our discussion with Emmett, because I think he's always fun and he's always sort of in the middle. Like he's not as light as the kids, but uh, he has his own little social issues. But he's basically like, you know, a good, a good guy, baby daddy type person. Um, So we start to see Emmett and Brandon really starting to sort of grow their business together or grow this little partnership that they have going on, which I totally am there for. Although personally for me, it's sort of interesting because I get the impression that Brandon is sort of like right out of college, like early 30s or whatever. So at the latest. And so I'm not quite feeling his total like, oh, my God, social media type, (laughs) you know, spiel that he kind of like is totally out of touch. I was like, he seems like my granddad. But but (laughs) I'm just saying, like, even my dad is a friend of mine on Facebook. But okay, so how are you all feeling? Or, you know, you Lauren specifically, how do you feel about the Brandon and Emmett sort of the nature of their partnership so I'm glad that it's growing I think um, last week it was either you or Kitty who mentioned they liked that Emmett brought up social media and they thought that would play a part and I'm glad it came back full circle I I feel like that's definitely going to help his business and I really like that Brandon is taking on the role of a big brother kind of mentor to you know now Emmett at first it was um, Jake and now it's Emmett. So, not sorry, not Jake. Kevin. Kevin. Yeah. And I just really like that he's helping other people despite everything else that's going on in his life. Yeah. And what? how do you feel in the male perspective? Um, I think it's very cool because they both need each other. Right. And I do feel like as far as Brandon being oblivious to social media, I feel like that was a little 
extra. Like, I feel mm-hmm. like you at least know what happens on Instagram. Right, exactly. Like, he killed me. What do you mean follow you back where? I was like, okay. I, I, I feel like that was a little extra, but Brandon has as much business as he can have taken care of and here comes Emmett with the the lightness of it like you said it's not super serious but he's still not technically an adult but I like this relationship and everything that they have going on yeah what I like about their partnership I think they bring a a good balance because I think fundamentally Brandon is the artist so he's like the chef he's coming up with the great food and recipe ideas but you know like he didn't have insurance so his business sense is not the tightest like anyway you know and I think in personal life Jerrica balances him out, but here Emmett, because Emmett is cool, and I thought the t-shirts were a good a good choice. Yeah, that was cute. But um, he's more the hustler and the business behind the brand. And I do have a picture of Emmett <laughs> and Brandon, and this is the point when Brandon is actually telling Emmett, uh, you know, kind of schooling him on like, uh, you know, you could pull out, right? Yeah. <laughs> that was funny. Well, that it was seems funny. like Emmett is more of the risk taker. You know, like he has more lightness of him, to him, and Brandon. Brandon, with everything he's been through, you see he's being more apprehensive to things. But Emma's very like, look, true. try this. Try that. You, I can see that very overtly. And Emmett is good with marketing strategies, you know, publicity. So, and he finds out, like he even said, I'm getting hit with all the events in our area. So we just pull up. You know, he's, like you said, he's the go-getter. He's the one making the moves. Yeah, I think Emmett does a really good job of putting together the pieces of the puzzle when it comes to business moves. Mm-hmm. Even, you know, on a small sort of hustler side, on his side, like he's never trying to really cheat anyone, but he kind of puts the pieces together, which I really, really like. And uh, so Emmett, now what did you guys think about Emmett and his uh, his baby mama <laughs> drama oh on social my media? Gosh. That's the thing. When you hit it, you don't know what's your baby mama going to post. I could not believe she actually posted the real check. I was like, is she stupid? Like, first of all, despite that fact, she put so much everyone's information, her address, his address, the amount. I was just like, okay, you're really dumb. But then for all the other baby mamas to, like, FaceTime him one after another, I thought that was kind of like, all right, y'all kind of overdid it with that. They're not going to call you back to back. But then whenever they were all like, oh, you need to pay for this one, I was like, actually, that's true. Why, why are you only paying for one child and not the rest, you know? What, is, what are your thoughts? Before I say what I think, what you, what, let's get a male perspective. Because I don't want all the women to jump in on uh, Well, I thought it was funny. Uh, like like you said, like he should be taking care of all of his kids. and I, But I can see his phone getting blown up back to back, back to back. Especially if you've been MIA all this time and you have one of your baby mothers posting that you are actually financially supporting a baby. Everybody else want, wants a piece of that. But it's just funny to and very telling to his age. Like, you know, like he doesn't really mm-hmm. have experience with this. He's still focused on his sneakers and having fun doing this and that. But you have other responsibilities. So you right. got to take whatever comes with that. Right, exactly. I agree. And then I think in Emmett's defense, um, I think he mentioned in earlier episodes that some of the children are out of town. So this Emmett Jr. is the one that's here in Chicago or there in Chicago. and But also, I feel like maybe he has, because you know how Emmett gets down, he might have an understanding because there's always that thin line between taking a brother to court or you working something out with right. what their situation is. And I think the other baby mamas were kind of like, okay, you know, we working with you, you living at home with your mother, whatever. And Tiffany was the only one that was like, nah, see you in court, dude. And, you know, I kind of think that that 
for her to like rub it in everybody else's face. That absolutely, was, yeah. your phone is getting blown up. Well, I think that he was a deadbeat to the other ones. I don't think he had any understanding with him. I think he was like out of sight, out of mind. That's what I think. That might be true. I mean, it's, I don't know. We need. We to don't see, know. We, we don't really. More. They don't talk about the other kids, so we don't really know. Yeah, we don't really know. I would like to think the best of Emmett, but you are absolutely right. He well, might be like, I, I'm going to stay focused well, on my girl. A lot of times, sometimes they throw the deadbeat dad out of there, but there are women who would rather just take care of the kids by themselves as well. So that could have been a situation kind of like what you said. Maybe they had an agreement. You're still living with your mom because he hasn't been super... I guess transparent with the other kids, at least talking about them. So exactly, and if, unless you're in court and really breaking that check down, like he wasn't making that much. At He's not. Anyway. So it's like you know they probably were like, "What's the point?" You know, and especially if you're out of state, like that's a lot. Yeah, right. I want to know how much he's even given her actually, because like you said, how much is he making at Sunny's? Exactly, and you know, so that would be interesting to know. And so we see, we also see a, a pretty cute scene between Emmett and Jada. Uh, you know, so Jada comes home, and you know, there's kind of a lot going on. So we see Jada come home, and there's an, a rose on her door, and you know, with <sighs> an note. apology, with the note. And it's so interesting. Uh, <laughs> and she immediately, you know, so she goes to the restaurant and gets dressed up. And it's her son her and son. not the baby daddy. Yeah. You know, aw. I mean, that's like you were saying, if he would have took it a different route, you know, did what he wanted to do first, then ask for the money. But now... I couldn't believe after he talked to her like that, she was, you saw how excited she was. She got dressed up. She did her hair. She got a new dress. And when she saw Emmett, her face just was like hurt. And I was like, girl, why were you so excited to see this man who asked for money for you? Even some back pay. I was like, why are you getting so excited? Like, was it that good? Was that good? it's, it's It's a very, very simple response to this. What and you kind of just said it. I know you It's a couple it. things. It's it's the power of the D. Mm. That's one thing. She was demonized. Demonized. Yes. You know she, she got some, some cobwebs on there from taking care of herself. You, all these you know what I'm saying? The power of the pipe. That would have been a funny one. But anyways, um, go ahead. No, that's what it is. That's yes. what it is. Yeah. You I see agree. how excited she got, and then she already admitted to. Well, I've been to third world before. The mm-hmm. pressure is kind of getting to her, and if you're used to that old thing, you know it's not going to be no strings attached. A lot of people fear growing because they, what no, a lot of people would rather have someone in their face than be lonely. You know what I mean? And she's been lonely for all these different years, regardless to how much she's grown. Exactly. And, you know, and you really saw that when her girlfriend came to visit and she's like, oh, you living your best life. But is she really, you know, she got Mm -hmm. Emmett out the house, but she hasn't really, um, you know, she's single and she hasn't really been she living that dated. life. She hasn't dated. She doesn't, yeah, she doesn't have a life. They I don't know. show any personal side to her at all, so we don't Exactly. Really... And, I mean, I think there is feelings there. Like, you know, your ex can say something crazy, but, <laughs> you know. But dang, after 14 years, they're still there? Well, can't relate. Yes. <laughs> you, attra- can't relate. If you're attracted to somebody, you're attracted to them. And, you know, they have that, they have a, a human, a shared responsibility together. So it's just kind of like she cracked. 
Yeah. She cracked, but she didn't walk into what she thought she was going to walk into. I know. And then, uh, so we see their sort of dialogue, and you really see Emmett again, like, just being super sweet, and him apologizing for at least what he's done. And he's kind of on the Lauren bandwagon, like, wait, what? You thought it was Darnell? Mm -hmm. Now, one thing that I thought was interesting, and I was sort of surprised, was that Emmett says, okay, promise me you won't date. And that's the picture that I have here where he's like pinky swear and that's a picture that I have of Jada and um, Emmett. And it's like pinky swear and promise me you won't um, you know, you won't see anybody else. You won't start dating. Which I kind of thought like Emmett is 17. Your parents have been she's never really dated nobody. Are you you know, are you really even serious with that? Uh, what are your feelings? I was actually surprised by that. I thought you that was selfish it? of him. I mean, it goes to show his age, like you said. Yeah. But my thing is, one, you don't live in the house anymore. Two, you got three baby mamas. How are you going to tell her to like control her love life? And then my thing is, you know, some people have the mother and son concept where it's like the mom has to control the son and acts like treats the son like that's the husband right. and I'm like well he's kind of pulling her into that role because he's saying don't date anybody I'll take care of you I'll do this so he's kind of perpetuating that you know exactly I definitely felt in this scene uh, last episode or maybe the episode before Darnell made the comment to her you treating him maybe if you weren't treating him like, like your husband, husband. Yeah. and definitely here she thinks that you know he's her date whatever <laughs> oh and just kind of their whole dynamic at first he's like it ain't a date but then he's still like don't date nobody exactly. so he's acting like her husband as well he's a mama's boy like he's a mama's yeah, boy and in, his, sure. in his headspace he's like I'm all the man that you need because for most of his life if not all of his life he's been the only man in her life so seeing her in that romantic side could just throw him off and and he's actually being more responsible as far as working on a food truck he's actually feeling more like a man he's paying child support so he's not paying her bills though he's not paying her bills but i'm saying in his head he probably feels like you know he just took his mom out to eat he's killing himself (laughs) so that's probably why he's like no you don't need to date anybody i got all of this covered yeah, but it's like he don't got the D covered. Exactly, you leaving her like, miserable and lonely right? and dusty. True. She wants the okay. cobwebs dusted off. <laughs> Thank you, the dust, the <laughs> dust. We do not want her to fall victim to the dust. Um, <laughs> all right, so before we move on to the next topic, Lauren has something amazing to tell you guys. <laughs> yes, I do. I want to thank you guys all for making us the ESPN of TV Talk. Um, After Buzz TV could not do this without you guys' support. So we ask that if you're on YouTube right now, comment, like, and make sure you comment when the show's over because the comments are not safe. But check us out on iTunes. Give us a five-star rating. Give us a thumbs up. And like I said, we just want to thank you guys so much. And don't forget to tell your friends and family to catch us here at 9 p.m. every Monday. Yes, please do, you guys, because it's only getting bigger and better. Um, and we have so much stuff coming up. We have, you know, a special segment, news and gossip. We have some actually some big news um, for... I got to just save it. So save it till the end, you guys. All right. So let's talk about Kevin and Keisha and how they both were dealing differently with the the, the death of their father. Mm-hmm. Um, and the whole funeral and all of that. It was really interesting to see Keisha is so... 
about her dad and Kevin and I feel like they still haven't given us enough like yeah. I don't really know what happened to make Kevin not want to go um see his mother I mean see his father I the whole dynamic I felt wasn't quite fleshed out yeah but it was interesting to see this is the first well not the first time I mean a couple times I think Keisha's kind of made some little sharp remarks but this is the first sort of crack I think we've really seen in their relationship what is uh, what sorry, is, what I'm laughing at the comments. Like, what do the commenters this, say? What do y'all say Venus in that live chat? What is, like, I was going to say, what did Venus say? I was about to really say that. She is just commenting about everything, but she said, congrats, so thank you. Um, but, yes, Keisha. So, I agree with you, first of all. I don't have enough backstory about the father to really feel anything. Like, who is he? Why did he leave? How long ago did he leave? You know? I just feel like we don't have enough information about him or what went on between him and the mother. Because even um, the dad's sister said, how dare you bring your bee here? Yeah, because it seemed like their mother left the, the father. father. For her female relationship. Yeah. That's what it seems like. And but it was still unclear to me. I get the anger there, mm-hmm. but as you were saying, I don't think they fleshed out enough. I think at one point Kevin was saying either I believe to Brandon or to his friends about how um, you know, his father never forgave the mother. Mm-hmm. And his father started a new family that he didn't really want to be, see, be yeah. a part of. But there were kind of like lines that were squeezed in there kind of quickly. So I'm still kind of up in the air. But what are your thoughts, Jeff? Um, if I can make a guess, because Keisha and Kevin are maybe about, what, three years apart? Three? I think more, like five because she's in high school and he's in like middle school. I hope school. so because she straight gets her freak on. No, so no. I'm hoping she's a little bit older. Yeah, she might be like 17. I, I think, think she's, she's pushing 17 because yeah, Emmett's like 17, 18. Yeah. Okay. So I think she's 17 so she's and he's like 14. 17, 14. I can see her having maybe a stronger relationship with the father if if it's like that gap when she's five and Kevin's a couple months old. Right. So maybe by the time the downfall of the parents' relationship was happening, Kevin doesn't even remember that relationship with his father, and that's why he's so detached to where Keisha may have remembered maybe some walks in a park or different things like that. But you can just see just the emotions that are fleshed out during a funeral. Kevin's not even 100% present. Exactly, which is the picture that we have for you here, where it's like Keisha is crying and Kevin is actually very, like... Uh, stoic and just not showing, at this point, not showing any emotion. So the way that they both have dealt with their father's death has been polar opposites. Kevin is sort of, you know, at the pool with his friends, not really doing anything, kind of lethargic. And Keisha is just totally upset and actually, um, you know, showing out with her mom. Like, that was crazy. And I think also the argument with the mom was kind of starting to sort of give us some backstory, I felt like, is why I was really in there. Mm-hmm. Um, when she was kind of arguing with her mom to explain, oh, well, you know, wasn't he the love of your life or your first love or whatever? Yeah. Um, how did you all feel about the scene with Keisha and Emmett? So she's um. so upset <laughs> that she's like, okay, <laughs> let me hide my pain by getting laid. <laughs> I was very surprised and proud at Emmett's response. Right. Because I thought he was just going to go for it. And I mean, okay, this I'm going to talk about both. 
if Keisha really wanted to have sex and he said, I'm not feeling this picture, why didn't she just put the picture down? Like, why didn't she just lay the, you know, obituary down so that the dad's not looking at them? Right. Because he's like, I feel uncomfortable, and I would too. So I'm like, okay, like, you could have put the picture down if you really wanted it that bad. But I'm proud that Emmett was big enough to realize she's doing this out of hurt, and she actually doesn't care if she gets it from me, the boy next door. You know, she didn't care who she got it from. She just wanted it. So I was glad that he was like... Let's just cuddle. So he was there for her. You know what I mean? Right, exactly. And I, I liked that. I, I liked that, too. I mean, to keep it 100, I was hoping that eventually he would actually say, what's wrong? Do you want to talk? But <laughs> that might be too much too I, soon. I think he was going to do all that. <laughs> too much. You know, like, be her friend. Actually have a conversation he with offered her. the cuddle so that, that was cool that that was enough for me <laughs> he probably didn't know how to talk out the problems but offering the cuddle that I thought that was smooth it was smooth and as he mentioned who wants uh, you know my daddy died sex and I mean ugh. that, that, that just sounds gross like, that sounds disgusting um, now and then we also see um Kevin deals with his grief by reaching out to Brandon mm-hmm. which I really thought that was really um, kind of a nice kind of, you know, Brandon is sort of like turning into his surrogate father figure and those were some really good moments and that's when it we was. finally see Kevin break down and cry. Yeah. I Wait, I want to hear your thoughts on it first. Okay, yeah. so I thought I thought this was very on point because if you notice throughout the episode, Kevin was only vulnerable with his friends as far as like the thoughts that he had when they were outside, you know, getting right. elevated. And then exactly that elevating their thoughts. We do that a lot in Los Angeles. We elevate. Right. right. <laughs> so they're getting elevated. So this scene with Brandon, you get you just kinda saw him just crack because at no point I don't think he's ever been vulnerable around those women. That's probably why he's so quick to just go out to the streets. Even when the mother and Keisha were arguing, he would just kind of like okay let me get up out of here and go to my friend so at this point I think the walls just crashed down and he's still a kid regardless right, of how exactly. tough he tries to be throughout this series watching someone get shot everything he's still a kid and I think this was the only opportunity that he chose to really just be vulnerable exactly yeah I, I really liked it too because you know they had like a little conversation but for the most part he was just able to sit there and cry it wasn't like, oh, are you okay? It was just like, let it out, right. and I'm going to finish your Yeah, right. it was just yeah. like, wow, like that that's their bonding. You know, he was able to finally release everything he had been holding back, and I was just like, this is such an amazing moment in this episode, in this season, because like you said, he's never been able to let any of his emotions out. So for him to do it, and then with someone who's not his family, someone who's not his bro, one of his boys, I just thought that shows you how their small interaction in season one has blossomed so much. Exactly. To really a full-blown sort of really, you know, yeah. big brother relationship, which we love to see. And it's so interesting because Brandon found a way to sort of relate to him about the death of his father. And he's like, well, at least you knew who your, knew your daddy. Yeah. You know? And it's like for whatever time and kind of tried to get him to see it through a different light. Right. Because even his mom was like, I don't want you to feel bad. So everybody was kind of coming at him like, we know your relationship was messed up. And I think Brandon was the one to kind of help him see like a new way to be it so he wouldn't be so um, hard on himself. And I, I liked that both um, Kevin and Keisha sort of found the person to kind of soothe them mm-hmm. in their time of grief. Uh, so let's talk about Ronnie. 
Okay, so I will say to anybody, like every time they're talking about the summer heat and feeling the heat, every time he went outside and was kind of hazy, I was like, please don't do a flashback. Please, God, <laughs> don't let this be no flashback. Oh, my God. Praise God, it was, it was not. no flashbacks. <laughs> no flashbacks, yes. And so, um, first we see Ronnie going to. Um, Sort of the community center, center yeah. and I, and I, um, you know, because sometimes in Chicago I didn't always have air, and so there are these centers, especially because there were years in Chicago where it got so hot people died, so um, like especially the elderly. So there are these sort of like heat um, advisories and all these things that go on with the weather, and so you know if you're older or you know if your air is out, you go to these centers, and so we see Ronnie kind of trying to be a part of the community, and in this episode things seem to go for him a little bit better and so he goes in to see oh, my baby daddy no, I'm just joking. <laughs> these are just jokes but not really dm me comment okay so i have a picture <laughs> of ronnie and rafiq also known as common and um and so it's so interesting because common is playing sort of like you know i love his character and well i like common but we'll leave it mm-hmm. there and uh and so you, we kind of see common again encouraging ronnie and um he's not really pushing you know that he needs to become a muslim or join the nation of islam or anything like that but he is trying to get him out into the community and to be of service to others which i think is valuable for ronnie um and And so it's interesting to see because the people were sort of steering at Ronnie. But what are your thoughts, Lauren? Do you feel that is the community still totally against him? Or is, as Common brought up, some of it in his own head? Like maybe they were checking him out, trying to hook up. Well, when I was watching it, it did kind of look like, why is he here? It didn't really look like they were checking him out. I think for the the most part, they were kind of like whispering. like, But you know... It could also be like they're confused as to what everything happened, how how he got out so fast, you know. Right, right. And but I do think he, if he wants to kind of clear his name or make amends, he does need to still show up, even if he does get those looks. Fix the air, fix the pipes, fix everything, or else you're always going to be an outcast. I agree, because to me, I'm kind of like, okay, what did you expect? You murder somebody, exactly. And they're not they gonna innocent, you and it was arm. a child, and you got away with it, and we all know it, and yeah. you confessed to it. So it's not like you were wrongfully charged. You just got out with a loophole. So to me, you should expect to pay some penance, exactly. And I mean, luckily, nobody spit on you this week. <laughs> you should be grateful for that. <laughs> yeah, that's gross. And I think he was one of the ones who were feeling the heat the most with everything that he's going through. Trying to still be a positive image in the community, but you can see Rafiq is trying to make him be present. Like, look, all of this calamity that you're going through is internal. You need to actually heal. The best way for you to heal is to still give back. So it's good that he's attempting to do that, but... Uh, I don't know. I, I, I think this was a, a episode where Ronnie could actually start healing because we even saw at the end with the water and the engagement in the community, his little potential boom might have pulled up too. Well, wait. But I'm, Venus, I'm not- yeah, Venus think agrees with us. She thinks that he can turn over a new leaf. He can start healing. But she said also some of it could be in his head. 
So he needs to get out of his head. Yeah, a little bit, because clearly he has some sort of mental issues, we are aware. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, so I think I think it's a cross between both. Yeah. So, I'm, you know, I don't think my baby, comma, would not make this up. So I'm sure somebody there was interested. Um, you know, he ain't my type, but I can see <laughs> that somebody could be interested. Now, that's the thing with the water scene and that whole, and we, and We've seen it a couple of times. Like, I do have felt some little chemistry between Ronnie and Jada before this. But I like the fact that, you know, after her meeting with uh, with her girlfriend, after she had dinner with Emmett or whatever, she's like, okay, well, I'm going, it's hot. I'm going to bring my little tatas out and go get some stuff from Ronnie's house. So I think. uh, Exactly. I think she wanted the reaction that she got. Oh, my goodness. What are your thoughts, Lauren? Oh, I'm not going to lie. I don't really want them to be together. like it's I just mean, it's so cliche. Like I'm taking care of your grandmother, and now he's gonna fall in love. That's you know helping his grandmother. I'm like, uh, that's kind of like I want something different. And and she literally said, "You can't make this right." You know what I mean? Right. So that's she just kind of like forgives the fact that she said you killed someone who was my son's age. Like I can't forgive that. So right. she's gonna kind of throw that out the window, and now possibly see his better side. True. I don't know because I feel like even if he does make amends and start going down the right path, he still is an alcoholic. He still might go crazy at one point. And then she's just going to be like, well, damn, I just slept with you or dated you, whatever. All right. Well, Chef Beans, here's my (laughs) question for you because another show that I I love to watch is Love After Lockup. And so I... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so the question is, because I mean, I agree to some extent with Lauren as far as to me, I don't want them to be together just fundamentally because I'm like, well, Jada, you could do better than this person who's basically three steps away from prison. So, but I don't, but on the other hand, everybody deserves a second chance. So it's kind of like, you know, in between. And to me, I mean, I'm like, she's a nurse. Nurses can make a really good bank. I mean, mm-hmm. she can really pull herself out and do big things with her, you know, nursing and all that stuff. So it's kind of like, girl, meet you a doctor. But <laughs> what are your thoughts, Chef Beans? I wouldn't be upset if they got together. I would want more of a... a st- a story, not necessarily a storyline, but chase maybe. Yeah, it would just be too easy. Like, how did right. that just fall Very right true. into place? And this is Ronnie's first day, as far as like, you know, doing something big for the community. Like, oh, look what I, but look, look what I did. I got all of our water gone, and so don't catch a fire. Look what but I did like- at the perfect time, <laughs> and you were here, and I'm walking out with. I don't know. It was just well, kind of yeah. forced. This yeah. this is actually a good comment. Venus said. Maybe the water scene was like a symbolism for cleaning, sort of like a baptism. I agree, but I still want Jada to do better. I do too. But I agree I with you, too. Venus. I I love that that closing scene. I love the water. That was so lovely. Okay, let's it's move. Clever. It's very clever. Yeah. Let's move on to my favorite parts. I don't know why I love Reggie and the drug dealing. In my heart, I want this to be the wire move to Chicago. Okay, so <laughs> Reggie and Detective Tucson, kind of those two paralleling dynamics, the good and the evil. Who's good, who's evil, we really don't know. All right, so I have a picture here of Detective Tucson when she breaks into Reggie's um their stash house or whatever where they have the drugs and the money which who knew that's a no-no and she's (laughs) like take everything 
What's interesting about her scene here is this is the first time that I get the thing that's like, okay, she might not be, um, she's not quite dirty, but she ain't no clean cup. Oh, yeah. Definitely not. You know, and so this is, and their their supervisor tells her, she warns her, but she does everything her own way. So part of me was like, okay, I feel that she's trying to send Reggie a message, Mm -hmm. but I also feel like she's crossing a line. So what do you think, Chef? Is there is can you go too far? And we all we know who Reggie is, so Well, I definitely think she crossed the line as far as punching the kid in the face. I felt like that was extra. Yeah, that was crazy. That is different tactics that I've heard police still do today. So I, I didn't really like that per se, but she's trying to apply the pressure. She's trying to apply the heat to everyone else to let y'all know, look, we're not playing, we're trying to get to the bottom of it. But to me that was a, a lot of ego that did that and I just wasn't really rocking with it. Exactly. And it worked, though, to some extent. Like, at first, Reggie played it cool with her. But then we see, you know, Reggie sends a message through Jake, which I didn't really like. I didn't like that either. You know, Reggie really... I I just stuck up for him last week. And now he proving me wrong. Exactly. Barton, when we get you in here, dude, we (laughs) we have some questions for you. And how you doing your baby brother. So, this scene I loved, which I have a picture of. Duda meeting with the head honcho. Right? Pimping at Marion Prison. Pimping out, pimped out. This is prison, you all. I know it doesn't look like it because he's very comfortable, but it's prison. He had a whole house set up in there. He had a house set up. And this scene really made you kind of give some thought to um, kind of how the strings work. Because Mm -hmm. no matter how much money Duda has, how many TV commercials, how many businesses, this person, you know, big man in prison... Is still pulling the strings. Still pulling the strings. Everyone responds to somebody. I'm sorry, you. Oh, no, go ahead. Yeah. Now, I was just going to say, everyone responds to somebody, and this is where you even saw Duda paying respect. You're like, how they treating you in here? You mean how I'm treating them? I just thought it was just a big depiction of power and how it works in different capacities. Exactly. And I like that you're going to bring Crown Royal and your accountants to <laughs> and leave that her was there. That was the accountant. Oh, Remember the no. one that uh, he slapped Reggie for looking at too long? I thought she was paid you know, help, but yes. Well, she is paid help, but she does. Sometimes <laughs> she counts money. Sometimes she clearly does other things. And he was like, my end. That I was, was funny. Like, I was dying uh, when I was that, was that was very funny. That was very no, funny. I think, uh, yeah, it shows you what money Money and power can do. I mean, granted, it's a TV show, but I'm sure some prisons they they get the hookup. You know, oh, for sure, people for sure, with money definitely get the hookup. So yeah, I was glad to see who he answers to. Um, and it looks like he gave him Tucson's business card. So it looks like he might know a way to shut her down. Well, yeah, it's interesting. He mentioned something about throwing her a fish. Right. What do you guys think that means? I think that fish was. <clears throat> Subjective. I don't know what the fish was. What the fish if it's co- his, one of his competitors? I thought it was a competitor or whoever actually did it. Because they're like, give her something that she's going to want. And if she's basically clean, I think whoever actually went in there and did the fight, they might cut him loose. That's what I kind of thought. Because it's like, give her something to get her to shut up. Yeah. Um, so what's interesting is, as we know... S rolls downhill. So after Duda meets with the big man, he meets up with Reggie to kind of be like, you know, I'm tired of your rookie mistakes and all of this. And I have a picture here of when he really is going off. And he tells Reggie, okay, I'm taking it, you know, away 
like two or three blocks or whatever. Mm-hmm. And Reggie's like, no, you know. And it's so <laughs> it's so interesting to see Reggie on one hand be the yes. big man, and as you just mentioned, Chef Beans, everybody answers to somebody. And what I thought was interesting, I was really surprised by this scene. Was Duda was like, you know, I could take everything from you, and you would just be that man selling weed on the street. And I was like, Reggie, you should be so lucky. Because to me, I'm like, I don't see any I way of getting out of killed. this. Yeah, right, I you're not getting out of this. No, he's not going to, now you just sell weed on, on the street. You, you you would be lucky to get that is kind of what I thought. So I was like, oh, wow, really? You're going to let him just that, stay alive? That was a soft approach. I thought it was going to be more aggressive than that. Like, you keep playing with me, I'm going to take your life. But Thank you. Like, 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 I took all of your predecessors' lives. Like, right. Yeah. Well, you know, this is actually, because Judah's like, you keep messing up, man. You keep messing up. And he keeps giving him kind of false threats in a way. This is the first time he actually took something away. So we see, okay, now he's not really playing. So yeah, I definitely thought the repercussions would be a little bit more strenuous. But this is the first time we actually see him follow through with something. Exactly. And what's interesting, I would say too, is, and we're seeing these same lines with all of the characters. To me, Duda is turning into almost a father figure for Reggie. And he keeps, yeah, like not no good, not no cool (laughs) father, but that father that will give you the strength and that is who he's because he's like oh I'm tired of you making these dumb mistakes calling them stupid or whatever and the one thing it's like sometimes I really want to love Reggie's character and then he goes and throws Brandon other into the bus oh. he was like oh I got the business for you yes. and I was like between Brandon and Jake how many lives are you going to ruin Reggie that's what we want to know okay yes so when you say father figure, yeah, because he was like, you let your little brother live here, you let him see all your dumb mistakes, and you see, let him see how we run our business. Exactly. So, yeah, I get that part. But then, yes, I want to like Reggie. I really do. But then, he threw my boy Brandon under the bus, and I knew exactly who he was talking about before, you know, they even cut was, to it. I mean, I'm surprised. I honestly thought this was come several episodes ago when when he was like, okay, you know, you owe me or whatever. I mm-hmm. always, I've always thought he was going to try to run drugs for that truck. But, I did you know, too. but I was surprised in the way he decided to go with it. Yeah, and then and then it's like the perfect setup because it's like, oh, you're going to be an investor. So he, he'll never see it coming. And I'm just like, no, Brandon is finally getting on the right track. I want him to do good. And then I just feel like it's going to just crumble for him again. I know. I don't think it's I don't think it's necessarily going to crumble. I think that's predictions. Let me not even. All right, all right, all right, Okay, so let's let's okay, let's save it for predictions. Well, that is basically concluding this episode, you guys. Uh, so before we leave you all, let's get some news and gossip from my girl Lauren here. After Buzz TV News. So, you guys, great news. I don't know if you guys all saw, but The Shy has been renewed for a season three. Woo! I did see that. Yay. Woo, woo. Yes. And then, you know how it's also called Gossip. Last week, I did a little bit of dating speculation. Mm-hmm. This week, I found some more. So, Jacob Lattimore is actually dating Tiana from Empire. I've noticed because they were, like, commenting on each other's pictures. And I'm like, what's up? She went to his premiere for the next Netflix movie last summer. And then I just started scrolling. They've been commenting on a lot of each other's oh. pictures. And guess what? They, both of their shows film in Chicago. Chicago. I know. That's so cool. So I thought that was pretty cute. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, you guys. As our special gossip, um, I'll add that we are working in the works for getting in some 
actual cast members. Maybe next Monday, maybe the following Monday. We'll get back to you. But definitely tune in next Monday because they might be here. Woo! Woo! Okay. <laughs> and now, you guys, for our special segment, Chi-Town Highlights. Yes, yes, yes. Chi-Town Highlights. So today for our Chi-Town Highlight, we have Robert S. Abbott. He was an African-American news businessman and lawyer. Abbott studied at Claflin University, um, Hampton Institute, and Kent Law School in Chicago. He received his law degree in 1889 and was told that he was too dark to practice law in America. Mm. He became convinced that he could defend his people in public print better than he could in the courtroom, so he took his job learning the trade as a printer from his stepfather's newspaper. He borrowed about $5 to invest at that time and created the company, which was... Still very present right now, Chicago Defender. Oh, yes. The yes. Chicago Defender is still where we're On May 5th, 1905, uh, the slogan for it was, American race prejudice must be destroyed. He started off selling about 300 copies, going to different barbershops, stores, pool rooms, to eventually being able to sell it nationally. And he made his first profit after 15 years. So this picture wow. is actually from the Great Migration, which aided people from the South people primarily of co- of color to transition up into Chicago for better job opportunities and potentially less oppression. Um, other articles that we have from the Chicago Defender, when they portray, you know, Martin Luther King being murdered, but also the death of Emmett Till. Oh, right. Yes, the death of Emmett Till being that it was in Chicago. So the Chicago Defender is still very active right now, online platform, but he was the first black entrepreneur to portray our voice in the media. Exactly. And, what, and just to correct, what he meant was Emmett Till is from Chicago yes. and he traveled down south where he was murdered. Yeah. And he was originally, I think, eventually buried in Chicago. Alright, you guys. Thank you so much. Oh, wait a minute. Time out. Oh, predictions. So, so much to do. We gotta do predictions in the house. Alright, rapid fire, guys. Your After Buzz in. TV predictions. That was Chef Beans. Yes, so my predictions is that Brandon is going to get into some mess with Duda, but I think he's going to be triumphant at the end of it. Yeah, I think the Duda stuff won't blow up right away. I think it'll be closer to the end of the season. But if you guys saw on previous for next week episode, it looks like Brandon and Jerrica are going to get into more thing. Honestly, at this point, I wouldn't be sad if they broke up. I feel like they should just go their own way, and Brandon really needs to focus on himself and building his career because Jerrica has her family with her money. But anyways, um, I feel like since Kevin got his breakthrough, I feel like he's going to be a better, I don't want to say better friend, but he's going to be more present with his friends. Um, okay, so my predictions are, well, I do feel like Kevin is going to be more present and a stronger presence with his friends. He and Jake are going to go toe-to-toe, and that's probably going to, that friendship, I think, is going to fall. Uh, I do, oh, as we noticed, I still feel like gentrification <laughs> is behind it. And, uh, you know, Duda talked about the, the real estate, so I think that's going to come to a head. I think they are going to turn someone in, like a real person in, for Miss um, Ethel's attack. And I actually do feel like Brandon's going to get some problems. But what I kind of wonder is, is Emmett going to see it coming first? Because Mm. I feel like somebody's going to have to see that Duda's not this great guy. And that person eventually will be taken out. Will it be Emmett? 
Hmm. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. All right, you guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. Um, I am your host, Erica Edwards, and you can follow me on all of my social media at Erica, E-R-I-K-A, D as in door, Edwards. And you guys, where can they find you? My name is Lauren. Once again, you can find me on all social media at Lauren the Truth. And my name is Chef Beans. You can find me at Chef underscore Beans with a Z on all social media platforms. All right, you guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. Don't forget to like, subscribe. Give us a thumbs up because you've been here this long. Why not? And tune in next week because I think we're going to have a surprise for you. All right, you guys. Great time. Bye. Bye. Have a good week. Ciao for now, folks. Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, and me, Maria Menunos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first, we're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. (laughs) The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.